So is this the same oracle that made the, uh, prophecy? Yeah. Whatever will be is and was or has been all All man, woman and child, the sun, moon and the star Each individual style before the bang were big And all the names that flip, I searched the oracle Whatever will be is, was or has been all All man, woman and child, the sun, moon and the stars Each individual style before the bang was big And all the names that flip, I searched the oracle we we win. We have shit working, kinda, sorta. Uh, <laughs> hi, this is I don't know, eighty now. Uh, I was actually looking that up. <laughs> yeah, it's eighty. <laughs> this is awesome. We don't we don't know shit about our own podcast. Dude, we don't even know what we said last week. Other things. Um, so we decided to have a a a special edition guest. Uh. From the security community who actually knows shit versus us who just talk shit um, <clears throat> because of a uh, blog post. Blog post. Let's. That's a great a thing to call it. Blog post. It's a blog post. Um, so Chris Hang is on to, to discuss a, a blog post with us because we know we're not smart enough to really fight it. Um, hi, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Um <laughs> So yeah, you know, it, it, this I guess all came about because because um, I don't know why. I mean, maybe she's on her period or something, um, <laughs> and she just decided to fucking bitch at hey, people. We're to just starting right get, off. <laughs> get get some good security marketing, so she had a little fucking cry fest on her blog. Um, but if you worked for Oracle, you'd cry too. Yeah, yeah, unbreakable. Yeah, maybe psychologically. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. As some background, uh, Marianne Davidson decided to make a blog post on the 24th called Those Who Can't Do Audit. Um, Chris, Chris, you seem to have a response to that blog post. Well, yeah, we, we had we had some thoughts on it. I mean, it took us a while to get through it. It was 4,000 words. And uh, you know, my eyes started bleeding a few times as I was reading it. And, um, Just like her. You know, we... we uh, you know, at Veracode, we you know, kind of circulated this around because it's pretty obviously about us. Um, not really sure exactly what what prompted this, other than you know they must be feeling the pressure. They must be getting a lot of requests from their customers or whoever they're selling to to, to give them some sort of evidence that they're actually doing something, that they have a, a security process that works. And I think she must have just gotten fed up. I mean, I don't know what, what really prompted her to, to write this diatribe about us. Um, I mean, she didn't say it was us. She said it was SASO, Static Analysis Service Offering, that does binary analysis, which is... You know, <laughs> which is pretty much you only. <laughs> There's pretty much one of those. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm not aware of any other company that does what you guys do exactly right, like that. Right, right. So, you know, I wasn't sure about that. It was, uh, you know, and that wasn't even mentioned till till way further down, but... Um, no, I don't know. So we, we read, read this, and there was just so much wrong with it that, you know, both you know, from a factual point of view and from a you know, from from a uh, conceptual point of view that that um, we just thought we would we we would write back, uh, and we would try to do it. The, the goal was to do it in ten percent of the words, but we didn't actually manage to do that. We did it in a thousand words instead of four thousand. So that was <laughs> well, you got it down that, to twenty five percent. That's that's pretty. I decent. would call it a success. Yeah, uh, 
but yeah, it was it was just very unusual to us that um, you know that she felt that they were above being held accountable for their own process. So and, so right. let's let's kind of back up a little bit into that article um, and and talk about it in general. Agent deployed. Yes. Hey. Bam. Fix shit. Well, it's it didn't sound like shit anyway. Hey. Anyway, my bad for having rap music come in over well maybe that's what it's all about being gangster right right <laughs> so so is i'm curious because i hadn't heard the term before but is sasso an actual acronym or did you just make that up on the fly oh she totally made that up okay that's what um, i figured sast is is an acronym so um s-a-s-t okay um but that's like a gartner term but basically means static analysis um but yeah s-a-s-o she made up okay that's kind of awesome so she made up a term to bitch about it. No, she made right. up a term to bitch well, about I mean, Verico without calling for another company that she apparently liked. How they, you know, how they interacted with Oracle, and it was she gave them some sort of Hawaiian name. Um, some Hawaiian name. Yeah, like yeah, Makalakaliki. Uh, yeah, I like them. They're awesome. <laughs> right, right. So, Did she sleep I mean, with Jeremiah or something? She didn't really do them any favors by oh. making a, making up a, a, a fake name for them. But um, <laughs> anyway. Well, what was your what was your reaction? I'm curious what what reaction was you know outside of you know outside of the the walls of the people who being accused of you know being the worst company ever. Yeah, I I think let's see how do how do I put my thoughts together on it? I I think all right. So I I read it the first time, and I felt like I wasted a bunch of time getting angry reading something by someone who has never been in the trenches, but has always sat around as a project manager and tried to support someone's buzzwords objectives. Uh, I think that's my first read through it because her entire career has been based on security project management. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that comes out in the way that she writes 4,000 words to say... Um, if you don't do it the way that we already figured out how we think we do it, uh, you're wrong. Which Oracle's obviously figured it out really well because they have a, they do a bang up job of putting out secure shit. Like they never have fucking problems. <laughs> yeah, I, and their shit can be find, found without doing. <laughs> it, I got annoyed that she started actually bitching about doing about you guys doing things that. Obviously, a company Oracle size would do, um, like hiring a lobbyist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I, 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 I don't know what that. I'm know, not sure what the point of that was actually. Exciting on that. I mean, you know, you either you either help you know shape the game or you play by somebody else's rules, and you know, it's just kind of the way things happen. Uh, and I don't see it as a bad a bad thing, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not the you're not really in the right position to be calling somebody out for that anyway. I. There were so many points in this article that you kind of wanted to, you know, refute or just like explain, you know, what was correct. Uh, and if if you sat there and responded point by point, it just, you know, it would take forever, and you would end up end up with this huge, um, long diatribe in response. I mean, what we re- really wanted to talk about was just this idea that um, that there should be no accountability for. A company that is big enough to have its own internal process, because like lots of companies have internal process. They do software assurance in-house. They, you know, they may do everything from design reviews and and uh, you know threat modeling and you know training and all, you know everything you know, all the way down to pen testing and so on. 
and and that's great. Um, you know, we encourage that. We help we help a lot with that, right? A lot of our customers are using us in their own SDL. We're not just you know auditing company A on behalf of company B. Like we are helping you know customers build their their software more securely. But um, there, that's you know you still don't get to say, well, I'm doing all these things. Here's a list of all the things I'm doing and, and what my process is. You should trust me. And that's essentially what it was saying. It was saying, we know our software better than anybody outside the company would, so therefore you should just trust us that we're doing the right thing. And, and, and that's what you know, we really kind of took issue with because in every other area of life, right, you don't just trust the big company to, do, to be doing the right thing. You look for independent validation of some sort. Yeah, well, all right, so it brings me to one of a couple quotes I'd like your response on um one which is the price of cybersecurity, as with liberty is eternal vigilance <laughs> or the terrorists win i don't even know <laughs> what is that what was that what okay that is a quote from our fine friend in 2001 when she was addressing the house on cyber threats oh we've left the article now this is separate okay uh, really coming back <laughs> so so, and and what what a great read that paper is between her and Schmidt and a couple other people who are pontificates of of security justice in their little realm, but but have no actual tangible evidence of experience anywhere in their career. Um, but but that's one of them. Like how. How can she write that article while spewing this message of eternal vigilance? Like, wouldn't wouldn't that mean vetted from every possible angle? Right. I mean, you want as much. Um, I mean, more information is better. And you know, if you can, if you have ways to prove to your constituents or your, you know, your customers that you're that you're doing the right thing and you're doing it effectively, then, then why wouldn't you want that? I mean, she, that, that was the right message, right? Vigilance. That's, that's great. Ex- I guess, except if you're them. <laughs> I, I, right. Well, it's Oracle. I, I mean, there were, there were, you know, a few examples of that. There was the, she had one paragraph talking about how, um, I, I can't find it now, but we, we talked about it in, in our post, which was that she wanted the universities that they recruit from to, uh, incorporate, Secure coding standards into their curriculums, and and she would you know, basically said, you know, we encourage you to do this, and we're you know, oh by the way, we're going to start you know deciding who we hire based on if you're doing that, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, I think that's I think that's great. I mean, it would be wonderful if we got more secure coding training into classrooms because that's 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 kind of lacking to be honest. Um, but then now, like you know, a few years later, after saying that and after actually sending out those letters, now. You know, when the shoe's on the other foot, when it's their customers asking them to show that they're doing something, uh, you know, effectively for security, it's not. That's not acceptable, right? It's not acceptable for their customers to make purchasing decisions or or whatever they're doing. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the what the relationships are, what she's getting asked. Yeah. But she's clearly getting asked a lot if she's you know building up this. Uh, you know, she said it was like a, a canned response that she's building up now to reuse because it's because it's happening so often. <laughs> well. So, you guys, do do you do any work? I mean, whether it's it's you or or Veracode or whatever, but but do you do work with the government in any way? 
Um, that you can have, disclose? Yeah, so you know, one of our um, investors you know, early on um, is InQtel, which is the venture capital arm of the CIA. And you know, they're interested in some of the stuff we do for probably obvious reasons. Sure. And you know, we, we, you know, we do work with lots of you know, big government agencies. Um, uh, in, so, you know, all, all across the board, state, federal, local. Yeah. Um, so you know, so the reason I'm all over the place. Yeah, the, the reason I ask is because in, in some of her other musings of, of being a lobbyist and kissing government ass to get money, um, she, she said quite often in a number of cited times uh, that the commercial market is very, very far behind the highly attentive and aware government security process. And in my experience with the government... I thought that was the opposite in many of those areas. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the government has a lot of agencies, and <laughs> I think it's probably true that a lot of them are a lot further behind. I mean, so it's it's kind of like you have both extremes, right? You have the intelligence community, which, um, you know, tends to be, you know, on the bleeding edge. They're you know they're trying to use as many. Uh, you know, cool and emerging technologies as they can to solve different parts of the problem that you know that's their mission. That's you know that's part of the reason you have things like Inkytel to kind of sniff out these new uh, you know, new technologies. Other government organizations, yeah, are going to be really you know slow and and it's going to take years to you know, get something you know get a new process in or get a new you know tool or 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 anything and even a new vendor in right. It's, they're known for that yeah, bureaucracy. So right. I think you have both sides, both sides of it. Um, uh, so I don't think there's any any one answer for that. I mean, uh, as another yeah. example, not that not that really ties into you know that that particular train of thought. But I just had to check our our customers page before I <laughs> before I before I said that thing said uh, specific. You That's know, fine. I, but, but we do I, a lot of work. With, like, I, I respect that. That's why I asked it that way. Right. The FAA is, is a big customer of ours, and so you know. It's 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 not just you know these you know, it's not just the intelligence community basically it's anybody producing software I mean so, everybody is is making software yeah so so on that on that same line I wanna I wanna read you a a, a small snip from another piece did you get that I I, I sent it over Twitter the yeah, article too yeah um, there there's a piece that was my favorite when I was reading your response that I recall reading this and and it made me go find this document just so that I could read it. Um, <laughs> And this is, this is directly from the horse's mouth or ass or wherever she talks from. Um, the other things that consumers need to look for is independent attestations to the security worthiness of a solution. And there are, in fact, international standards of what means that you say that you're secure. For example, there's ISO common criteria that lays out requirements for vendors of secure products to have their solutions verified by independent third parties. That way, it is not merely the vendors say so that they are secure. And in fact, no vendor will stand up and tell you that they have a security hole big enough to drive up the QFE 3 through. <laughs> They'll all say that they're secure. The government has long recognized the value of third-party attestations, and in fact, there are directives which require people to procure products that have been independently evaluated, such as NSTISSP number 11, Blah 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 blah, and she goes and cites examples of why that's needed. 
Right. Yeah. I, that's that's. Ex- I mean, <laughs> that's kind of our message, uh, right? Essentially, and I, I think she sort of goes into that a little bit. I mean, but she she says, well, we already have. Um, common criteria or something uh you know and and that's kind of enough but you know and i don't know a whole lot of common criteria other than it's very slow and that most of the labs that are you know that 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 are um you know approved to do common criteria certification are are not necessarily application security specialists they're right they're 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 more auditors they check the you know they check against a profile that uh you know that the piece of software has to adhere to uh, but they're not you know they're not they're not doing deep code level analysis I think is my understanding of it I don't know if you know that that area any better uh, I, I don't I, just just in my dealings with it and the stuff that we do for work right mm-hmm. um, but not as far as managing it so I, I I wanted to kind of use that to parlay in to you know some of of the specific points that you were making that I'd like to kind of bring up. And I, I know that, that you kind of dug through the, the one, two, three, four, the points that she was specifically trying to make once she mm-hmm. got done with her, like opening, whatever it was. Rant. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, you know, we have our own source code and we do our own static analysis. Right. So, how I don't even understand how someone utters the the paragraph that I read and then says we have our own source code and we do our own static analysis. <laughs> like, where does that? I don't I don't even get that. Like, what? Where where do you think it should come from? Not to completely bag on her because I think she's just a windbag who's trying to do marketing. Right? It's just my personal opinion. Whatever. Um, but but for for companies that are in this mindset that she's in showing you know kind of leading by misbehaving and and leading by bad example what examples should she be you know i mean like how how do we get people out of this mindset it's it's tough i mean it's um they have to just like anything else i think with security it has to start actually affecting you know, I don't know if you want to say affecting their bottom line, but but it actually has to translate into, you know, uh, a loss of sales or or you know, you know, increased revenue or something, right? There has to be some sort of there has to be a carrot. Uh, there has to be some reason that they're doing it, and that's you know that that's one of the ways that some of our customers that use a lot of you know third party um, you know vendor assessment from us, they they use that as um, part of their procurement process, right? So the vendor that they're asking to be scanned is, you know, you know, they may not get the contract if they're, you know, if they don't show that they're above a certain level based on our testing. Of course, you know, that's not, you know, that's that's just a a lightweight sort of, you know, due diligence from a technical standpoint, just like you do due, due diligence on any other parts of the organization that you were considering purchasing from, right? Right. And you know, we have customers building that in such that every software contract they sign goes through that. And, and, and so if the vendors, you know, don't, don't subject themselves to that, um, then, you know, they're not going to get very far in that process. Yeah. But the nice thing about that from the vendor's perspective and the incentive for them, I think, is that, you know, they can reuse that. They can, you know, especially if it's like a mom and pop software shop or just, a, you know, a small business, 
and they're not doing a lot of security, which you know is the case for for a lot of those guys. Um, you know, it's cool for them to to go through this process. They can improve their software. They get you know some sort of attestation that they've done. You know, maybe they had to go through a few iterations before they got to the point where you know big enterprise is willing to buy them. But then they can take that document and they can use that as they're selling into other companies, and they can show that you know, look, we're taking things seriously. We are doing testing. We are improving, and you know that that helps them you know beyond that that one contract. Um, and we've heard we've heard that sort of feedback from from a lot of companies that that are using it in that way. So I think it you know it it's one of these things that's going to naturally evolve and it's going to get more more traction as you know more enterprises start demanding it and as smaller vendors or or any size vendor really um, you know tries to differentiate themselves from the others by virtue of the fact that they have something to show. Yeah, you know I as I'm listening and kind of thinking about that stuff. Um, I think that a lot of people may take some of these things also kind of out of context of Oracle's a giant company and giant companies have tons of room in their kind of improvement margin or carrots to, to do security than little companies do. You know, I mean, little companies are spending the bulk of their money trying to get out the next version and and be in the market. Whereas if you're a market leader, security is something that's keeping you in the market at the place that you're at. And and I think that, you know, her going, oh well, you know, we have we have a security team that does this stuff. So why do we need to have somebody else do it? Uh, I think sometimes it's out of context and and people start looking at these monster companies and going, I want to act just like they do. And and you know I don't think smaller companies have the ability in their margins and stuff to to compete in the marketplace and afford to have a big giant badass team of experts doing this review. And I think that you know the the kind of general cloud scenario speaks to the same thing of you know you don't have a ton of budget and a ton of money to manage some super complex security solution. You outsource it and you hope that the cloud provider or you contract this cloud provider to do those things at a, you know, a manageable cost versus trying to take all that shit on in-house. Yeah, a lot of, you know, it's similar in the kind of the network side of the world where, you know, you could have a, a big team of people, you're running port scans inside or you could, you know, or you could put in a Qualys box, right, and do your right. network scans that way. And, and you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a way of, 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 of saving money operationally and, and, you know, Qualys is going to miss some things too. I'm sure that that a, that a really skilled pen tester is going to find. That's that's kind of a given. But um, it 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 makes certain things accessible to those smaller companies that that they wouldn't have, you know, otherwise. But just this whole idea again, just coming back to the trust. You know, trust us because we have a security team. Trust us because we use tools. It's just I don't understand how anybody would think that you know that that holds water. That that you know trusting anybody on on anything. I think I mean we're maybe you know weird in the way that you know we don't really trust anything right um <laughs> compared to you know, perhaps other purchasers of, of anything but um you know it just it just it just seems so uh especially with with their track record it's it seems i don't understand how you know anybody would would think that that was a logical 
well, logical thing to do is just, well, just just trust us. We've never well, had it's, any, it's, any breaches before, any vulnerabilities before. I mean, I talked to a guy this week that I was interviewing for a pen testing job, and uh, he's like, I paid for my two cars and all my windows to re- be replaced and my basement renovation with uh, vulnerabilities in Oracle 11G last year. <laughs> I mean, and that's the bar. And, and no one's perfect, right? No, like, we're not expecting them to be perfect. But it's like, that's kind of where, where the bar is now. I mean, clearly there, there is need for external validation. That right. Clearly, the internal security team is probably finding tons of crap and fixing it. But there's tons of crap that they're not finding. Yeah. And that's, well, you know, well, someone's she actually, be watching them. She actually proves her point, or proves your point in her <laughs> right, own blog post when she starts talking about the... The Hawaiian company, we'll just God. call them that. Right. Can we just call them White Hat and get it over with? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, when, when she talks about White Hat finding this code from another customer, it's not even Oracle, and how they came back to Oracle and said, oh, we found this code in, in an Oracle site, and it's got a flaw. So obviously their own internal security team, who I imagine would have audited that code that White Hat later found, <laughs> the White Hat missed the fucking point, right? I mean, they, they, missed, the, they missed the problem. So... She actually proves exactly your point by telling her little story about how great White Hat is versus oh. Veracode, which I don't know. Exactly. White Hat maybe White Hat paid Oracle. Dude, you know what I was thinking? Maybe, maybe they just paid them. They're like, well, you know, we White Hat's been for sale for a while, and the lady who came in yeah. to butcher White Hat is actually yeah. friends with Marianne. Oh, like I've seen them together. In so Denver. maybe this is her opening rant in order to make a reason of why Oracle why they should buy, buy White Hat. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that actually while oh, I was dude, reading this. Oh, dude, if we this. call that right here, I'm gonna fucking die. Oracle's gonna buy I'm white gonna hats. Die laughing. <laughs> All right, you, you're, I'll remember that. Come back to this. Uh, <laughs> come back to this recording. Hey, that'll be the only way we this. get him ever on the podcast again. He's like, man, I, this guy suck with technical problems and yeah. they can't seem to record shit. And then, oh wait, they did say that white hats can get bought by Oracle. Hey, dude, I did it. I did it last year when. Uh, oh, who was when that? When Rapid Seven yeah, bought what? out. Uh, your boy with the uh, W3AF, and they were like, oh, right. no, that never happened. It's it's not ha-. I'm like, dude, I know it's going to happen. And then 10 months later, they're like, oh, yeah, we did months. it. 10 months. <laughs> it was like two weeks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she actually proves her points. So I, I, I really was trying to figure out. You know, the other problem I have with this article um, is she starts talking about Sasso um, giving out a gold star. Oh, God. For, for basically having a tool run against code. Right. Um. And I mean, I've known, I've known Christian and and uh, and Weld, and and I've yep. known you for a little while as well. I've never heard anyone from Veracode say, "Hey, run our tool, and you'll be fucking secure." I mean, like, actually, if anything, I've heard you guys. Yes, it's a it's a tool, and it's helpful, and it'll make things better. But it's not it's the end all be all solution. Right. It's part of an overall solution. Right. I mean, we try to be pretty transparent about that because i mean you kind of lose all credibility if you go out and say that's it's going to find everything i mean if you <laughs> if you say you know this is going to make your product 100 percent secure you know it's it's the same as the pen tester going in and trying to sell a pen test that says it's, it's kind of the same as saying right it's kind of the same as saying your secure your your product it, is so secure that it's, it's unbreakable, unbreakable. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an immediate loss of credibility i mean and from the beginning and I, I did a blog post on this recently because i kind of didn't like the fact that i was seeing a lot of you know a lot of companies kind of uh um sort of poo-pooing other people's solutions because you know whatever they do is the best and whatever this other company does is crap right right, right. That, that mentality and you know ever since the beginning of our company we've you know yes our core you know patented thing is is static binary analysis but you know we've never really 
try to pretend that it finds everything. We've never tried to say that it you know understands business logic or that it can find things that pen testers you know can find. Right. Uh, you know, we we said here's what it is, and here are these other things. I mean, you should be doing web scanning too because it has its its benefits. We're saying you should do pen testing too for your your really critical applications that find certain things that the other two don't. And you know, our your rating system, which we have, you know, yeah, it's not you know it's not a gold star, but it gives it gives different indications of. Uh, what types of testing that you've done against a particular version of a of a product, and that you've you know uh, that you've passed certain bars on the way, and it's uh, you know it's a sliding scale, and you know even at the top point it doesn't mean it never it never says perfectly secure. It says you did really well on these you know three types of um, of analysis, and you've eliminated all your you know, medium and high and very high risks that that. That were detected as a part of this, and and that's and that's it. And you're expected to kind of keep that up to date. You release a new version. You know, it's tied to a spe- specific version, a specific date. Yeah. So you know, it, it's a point in time thing, just like just like, just like anything else. Well, like anything, right? Be, be pretty pragmatic mm-hmm. about it. Um, so to have it kind of referred to as a gold star is 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 is, is pretty simplistic. Yeah, I I, I think it's it, it's kind of absurd that. People are looking, you know, and, and right. It's just human nature. People are looking for the silver bullet of everything, right? It's, you know, I want one pill to be skinny, and I don't want to have to work at it. I want to, you know, be rich, but so I don't want to have smart. to do anything yeah. else. You know, I want to just win lotto and be rich and be skinny because I took my little pill, and that's that's it, right? And sure. and and the work is where good companies hit the ground, and and they're they're actually proof in in some of that stuff. And I think that, you know. It, all of these ways to review how you're doing business are, are critical in their own regard because they'll all find one or two of those things or a handful of those things that you wouldn't find any other way, right? Yeah. And I think that the more aspects, you know, to, to steal dead poet society, right, the more different desks that you stand on and different points of view, the more vetted and, you know, to quote our friend, vigilant you really are. And and I think that that you know each piece of this to your point right the pen test is going to find way different stuff than static analysis and web scanning is going to find different stuff because they they all have their own forte but none of them are the solo right well there's there's pros and cons to each one yeah and where cons but are in one of them, them you do something you else and make up for the cons from right right and the, and and they're probably doing that. In-house too, they're probably doing a lot of. I mean, they, we know they use source code scanning. If they have a security team, they're probably doing some pen testing. So you know, I don't, I don't understand why you know external validation it's is, is just not. It's it's like somehow such a giant leap in in you know from from what you're doing. Like, why is it not okay? Like, she seems to be very confident that they have a good process, right? Yeah. So which is good. You know, back it up. I mean, we have ourselves pen tested. You know, uh, by external consulting companies all the time, I and mean, you know, because our customers ask us for it, right? Right. Well, yeah. Right. You just, want you want that third set of eyes that, that people are doing these days. It's everyone's getting hacked left and right. You know, people want to know, you know, what, what you know about the safety of what they're using. It's it's gonna get it, it's gonna get even more and more prominent. It's not gonna go the other direction. Totally agree. So so that leads me to one of the other things that I wanted your take on because I know you guys probably have to deal with this every time is that the the handing your source code to somebody and 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 saying handing your source code to somebody is a bad practice that's i mean she she says that 
straight out is that, you know, there's conspiracy theories and there's everybody who's doing intel and ops for the government. And if you hand your source code to somebody, you're like, like destroying liberty. Is, is her, well, the her terrorists, can't, right? the terrorists, terrorists win. win if you give your fucking source code to somebody. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, what? You know, a lot of companies are, you know, they don't clearly, I mean, for good reason, don't want to give up their IP and source code is considered IP, which is why we don't do it, which is why, you know, for our customers at least, and I won't, you know, say what other people are doing for third party validation, but for us, we don't require source code. That's the whole point. Right. Um, that's, that, that's part of the reason why when we started doing this uh, about a year in, you know, to, to Vericode's, um, you know, life, um, you know, the way that we were able to win over vendors and actually allow them or actually, you know, convince them that they should, you know, they should go forward with this test that, that this big enterprise was requesting, you give them some comfort by the fact that they don't have to send their source code. That's what they were right. concerned about. Right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I agree that you don't want to just be handing out your source code to your to, to a random out. third no, party. You just tell them um, you can find it on Pastebin anyway. So or GitHub <laughs> or yeah or whatever. Source right. Forward. I mean, there. Are, you know, I think like you pointed out, there's a lot of things in this original article that you know a sentence here, a sentence there are actually they actually make a lot of sense. It is kind of bad precedent to hand over your source code. We agree with yeah. that. You know, but um, that's kind of I don't know how she ended up there when giving this list of seven reasons why you know they won't. They won't do you know external validation because I don't know just maybe somebody was asking them to hand over their source code. It wasn't just handed to us because we don't do that. But maybe some company asked them to let uh, you know their favorite consulting company do a source code review or something. I have no right. idea. I don't know where yeah. that came. It, the the more I read it, like the second time I read it when I was reading it this morning again, thinking about it, it was it, it then became. A, a like rebuttal to one of their board members who probably asked them to do something that they didn't want to spend the money for in their budget. So this is like her public rebuttal to that before <laughs> she has to actually make some type of comment to the board. Right. You yeah, know, because could, they were yeah. like, oh, well, our company just had this and this and this done, and it was like a million and a half dollars and blah, 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 and we feel like we didn't get a good value out of it, but we had to do it. Do you think we're going to do that? And she's like, oh, we're never going to do that. We don't need to spend the money because I want to spend it on shoes or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, all right, so that aside, um, th then, then we have this, you know, one of my favorite parts, especially reading back into that PDF that I sent you, yep. um, is six, where the global practices for global markets, where she talks about standards, yet all of those standards, all of them, all of them that she's ever cited require third-party validation. They require it. It's, it's, you, you are not compliant with that standard unless you do it. Right, but Oracle doesn't have to follow standards. They want their customers. They want everybody else to follow standards. They don't actually. Right. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even get that. <laughs> like, how, yeah, well, how does that yeah, even happen? I mean, the the, the third, but the that was the, that was the, the bit about common criteria, right? Yeah. Which which um, you know, I don't I don't know again how much actual you know, deep dive uh, into the code or into the, you know, uh, testing the running system or whatever is required there. I mean, how how much of that is just about, you know, process and, and how much of it is, you know, like some certification bodies where the, the, the check for certification is basically, are you adhering to the standards that you wrote, right? There's a lot of those where, where, where 
the audit is essentially, okay, give us your documentation about your security practices, which you get to decide what they are. Right. And then let and then the audit you show the auditors some sort of um you know, evidence that, that you've been doing what you said you would do. Because all that actually says in the standards in the regulation is that like you have a you have a practice you have a process and you follow it. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean it's totally that socks thing, right? Where you get right. to make yeah. your own control set and then prove that you're doing what you said you did, even if what you say you're gonna do doesn't protect anything. You just have to prove you're doing what you say you're doing. Right. And I and I think I think she, I think she likes that sort of certification. Right, right. Where, I, think where the, I get to make original, my own uh, rules and then yeah. prove that I'm right. right. Well, I think that original, the whole unbreakable thing, and I don't know how much of it was this was true or not, but when she actually went, and I looked this up, when she went and originally defended that campaign right, right after she was made CISO, was she said, well, that was more about the fact that we passed all these certifications, not that you know, Oracle is technically unbreakable, you know, you know, unhackable, but but that we we got all these certifications and it shows that we're doing something right, and I mean I think that was the backpedal, obviously. But well, but, she eventually you know, they like those types of certifications. Yeah, she eventually uh, came down and was at a conference and said during her talk when someone asked her a question about it, um, said, "Yeah, the first thing I thought is what marketing idiot made that up." <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it's Larry, your boss. That was the marketing idiot who made that one up. <laughs> so I'm surprised she didn't just eventually come out and be like, I'm sorry, Larry was drunk. <laughs> like, like, we don't know. <laughs> Forget it next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there are only, there's only so far you can backpedal on that one. So, I mean, that, you know, I don't, don't really put a whole lot of stock in that. And, and, you know, we like to make fun of them for it. And that's great. Uh, but, you know, at least they're not still making those types of claims right which is which is good but <laughs> but I, I i feel like when reading this this is unbreakable just in a different point of view right it's it's that like idiot annoying psychology debate when you get into the later psych classes of well since i created reality and i created you anything that you say is my creation therefore whatever i say is right because i create my own reality Right. And, and you're like, OK, great. It's irrefutable logic, but it doesn't play out in the real world. <laughs> like like you just got shot. Well, I decided that, you know, like, oh, you didn't. <laughs> My and, head may explode. And it just it totally seems the same way of saying unbreakable. But instead of their product being unbreakable, it's their process. It's their it's their ethos that, that they're they're providing inside of the company. That's now unbreakable. <laughs> That is interesting. That I hadn't thought about that parallel, but that 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 is kind of what it's saying. It's uh, or 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 that it's saying that you know the process is unbreakable enough, right? Because right, enough. I, I, th I think that's kind of what it is. Because I, th I think I don't think she's going to go out there and make any absolutes. And you know, she already acknowledged the fact that they did have vulnerabilities that were found by some outside providers. So she's not saying they're you know, the process is perfect. She's saying it's good enough, and you should you know. And, well, you it's should, good enough for again, her, and she's an expert, yeah. so it should be good enough for you. Right, right, right. Which is which is always good when people are like do it do it like I have it done to me. Well, not everybody likes yeah. it done that way. I mean, the other big big ISVs, you know, the big the biggest ones. I don't know what Oracle is. Oracle number two or number three or maybe they're number one. I don't know. But you know, the big ISVs, the ones that that that, um, that we've worked with, or, or that you know, we all know people in, in software security. These are big companies, like they try to get their hands on as many different 
things as possible. They try to do as much from and, and test their stuff from as many different angles as possible. I mean, their mentality is that, that that's a good thing, um, at least for the ones that you know that I've interacted with. And uh, so, so I mean, that's the, that's the type of mentality that I, that I would like to see, especially at a, a company like Oracle that can afford to do that. Like they don't have to just pick one thing and be be siloed. They can do more. They can afford to do it, like you were saying before. Right. I I just you know I I think it's you know being responsible to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. So so away from this, um, with with all of these things going on, right, and and all of the the FUD increase of the last year from everybody getting owned and it being in the media all over the place, and and you know every, everybody having an opinion now, whereas before. You know, over the last 10 years, people didn't have as many opinions because it wasn't as good for their marketing to have opinions. <laughs> um, you know, what What should people do? I mean, where where's the line? Where, where should somebody feel like they're being vigilant, even if vigilance doesn't occur in a million-dollar budget? Yeah, do you mean from the, from the standpoint of a, uh, a supplier? Or, yeah, or from a, a supplier. Because I think that's that's where, you know, I think we have tons of consultants. I mean, hell, we do it, right? Uh, that are out there trying to teach the common business who's mm-hmm. operating in the market how to act. But but I don't hear a lot of people telling the suppliers how to act because, as you said, right, the, the 800-pound gorilla no one wants to fuck with. Right. Um, or, or because people aren't thinking about the, the security aspect uh you know, of purchasing software until it's kind of too late, right? They're, they, people decide based on functionality, and then they make their decision, and then, you know, a lot of times you don't really have much leverage at that point to be able to say, okay, okay, I've already signed the check, and we've already set a rollout date for your software. Oh, by the way, we also want you to prove to us now that you're secure, <laughs> right? Or that you're, or that you're doing something for security. Show us, you know, show us your most recent pen test report something right right but at that point you don't have the leverage for it i think people are um you know either not thinking about this angle at all or they're thinking about it as an afterthought and we just kind of have to reverse that that has to be part of that should be part of the bidding process that should be you know when you fill out that cfp response that that you know answers all you know which which uh features that your product has and that the that the that the purchaser needs there should also be a section on you know, what are you doing for security and, and give us the evidence of that too. That's you know, what people should be asking. And you're going to get different answers. You're going to get different levels of engagement with, with security process and some are going to have you know, an NA in that box and some are going to be able to give you reports. But uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the only way is, that it, is, is if purchasers start requesting that sort of information, which they're doing but just I think more ad hoc now than, than programmatically. And, and that's where some of our, our big customers are starting to really, really think about that because, well, I mean, you know, as pen tester, like when I was, you know, back doing pen testing, it was, it was mostly, you know, web app sort of stuff. But right. you know, one of the one of the first things we look for, especially in the customers that we knew had better, um, you know, like uh, security in their development process, they actually did write, you know, fairly good applications. The first thing you look for is, okay, where's all these little widgets that they've added on to, to do like, you know, a file upload or, or some, you know, to tack some like, you know, uh, forum uh, you know, functionality onto the site or you know, little things that they tack on. You always look there, right? You guys probably do the same thing. You look for the third-party stuff that they yeah. just bolted on and didn't think about, even though all their, the code that they wrote is actually really good. And that's, uh, you know, we've been doing that for like you know, a decade now. So yeah. 
um, you know, the attackers know this. So, you know, you've got to start, if you're the one deploying it on, you know, out there in production, you've got to be thinking about that too. We've known it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's an awesome point to be made, especially because a lot of time internal teams, they're not even allowed to go and do analysis on the bolt-on stuff because it's bolt-on stuff and the company says, well, we're not going to pick that bone with our vendor. So now, you know, even your internal team, even if you have a team full of, you know, grade-A badasses that is going through everything, they're, right. they have their hands tied. Right, or they'll be like, "Well, our license, you know, our license only allows us to integrate it. Our li- we're not allowed to test it." Which, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. I, I think you're always allowed to test a, you know, a a, a fully integrated system, like stand it up somewhere and, and test it. I mean, I it's your so. own thing at that point. The deployment yeah. is your own thing. Like, yeah. if I bought a car. I can't it. test it. Well, right. you know, sorry, right. dude. You just got to drive that thing if it breaks tough right. shit. <laughs> they say it goes zero to sixty in three seconds, but I can't. I'm not allowed to do that. So. Right. <laughs> Although my my Ducati was like that. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to do it until I hit a thousand miles. But now I can. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's gonna you know it, it's gonna take a while I think, but the the movements in that direction, um, the the stuff that's you know, all the hacks that have happened this this past year certainly haven't you know haven't uh, you know hurt <laughs> haven't hurt that industry at all because now it's it's you know, somebody's getting hacked every week and you know, people are starting to think about it. So, um, dude, I know it's thank, thank you, anonymous. Possible, you know, we don't we don't <laughs> think that we're you know the end all be all here, but we we provide a solution to handle certain aspects of it, and uh, you know we hope hope others do too. Honestly, I mean there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there that has not been tested ever. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, I'm I'm telling you right now. Like we were, I was doing this last night. We were doing pseudo incident response type stuff, right? Yeah. And it was one of those giant companies, and. We're looking at this app that's like the mainstay of their business. And they're like, huh, well, people are using cards that are going into this app. Why? So we poked at it for a couple hours, and there's SQL injection all over the place, and we can pull data and everything else. And then we start pulling data, and I'm like, huh, the data's encrypted. That's neat. (laughs) And then the server right next door to it had all the source code in a browsable directory. And I was like, cool, decrypt function. (laughs) That's helpful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then even better, I was like, wait a second. I don't think the people who attack these things are that smart. So we're looking around a little bit more. Oh, what's the other directory next to the source code? The zip seed file with all the data in it. Excellent. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> but it wasn't on the box where the app was, so that shit was safe. Oh, and it was stamped uh, with that hacker safe McAfee thing oh, that's or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So, so that gold star shit totally Totally worked on that app. Right. <laughs> we were just at blown least, away. At least with that one, I think they do say, well, actually, I should Google that. Do they, I think they say exactly what they scan for. So if you know what you're, you know, if, if you know what you're reading, then at least you, you know, they're not trying to, I don't know. They say, like, we do a scan and we look for various, you know, simple things. But right. uh, <laughs> We look for common criteria, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Oh, away from her, unless you have anything else to say about old fucking windbag marketing chick who's a Navy construction worker by trade. No, I'm, I'm, I think I'm good for now. All right. What, what are you up to at work? <laughs> other than, other than uh, writing you know, blog posts. Other than <laughs> writing blog posts on people that are just winding. Gold stars and things. Uh, <laughs> it takes a long time to stamp all those gold stars. Uh, <laughs> No, we're, we're uh, running out of gold foil. 
right. the market's good, man. I mean, at least I mean people get a gold star and they technically would be worth more money. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing we're doing pretty cool stuff uh, on that. We're, we're focusing a lot on mobile lately, um, just because that seems to be an area that is, you know, just growing so fast, obviously, and um, and and not receiving a whole lot of scrutiny. And and there's this big push for you know people to bring their smartphones into the enterprise and not thinking a whole lot about you know the crossover between what those devices have access to and the types of apps that are being installed in the phone and, and what those apps can actually do right what those APIs actually allow um, you know the, what, what those APIs allow applications to have access to and so there's now there's this, this crossover right um, all my corporate emails on my phone and, and I have access to internal servers and stuff and meanwhile I also have you know some game that I downloaded from who knows where from the app store that can also that's allowed to you know use the microphone and camera and you know access you know make HTTP requests uh, on my internal network and so there's you know there's, there's this thing that's just been happening so quickly with the adoption of of these devices so we're looking a lot at um, what what's the threat profile of those and starting to scan those applications for the for the, you know those types of weird behaviors so we can scan like Android apps now, which is cool. Uh, cool. We can scan iPhone apps, iPhone and iPad apps. So are you guys just taking the street APK, or how do you take those in when when you're doing them for customers? Yeah, so for Android, we we take the APK and we do you know, we essentially do the binary analysis, uh, uh, just like we. I mean, it's kind of like what we would do for if you uploaded a uh, a Java app to us, right? Yeah. Like a, file or something. Same sort of thing. I mean, it's all Java underneath. There's the extra Dalvik layer and everything, but behind that, it's just it's just Java. Um, iOS is, is you know a little bit harder because you know we're looking at it from a binary perspective, so it's not just a matter of um, you know being able to scan Objective C, but um, you know, number one, we're still taking the binaries, so we have to understand you know what Objective C stuff looks like when it's compiled down. We all we have to understand um, it, we have to we had to build support for ARM right because it's on a different chip. Yeah. Um, we had to, uh, you know, obviously have to understand the version of GCC that's that's used by Xcode, and then Xcode also uses um, uh, it uses Clang also. So it so different compilers produce slightly different outputs. So that's mm -hmm. something that you have to think about when you're doing binary analysis, where you don't have to in source. But the plus side is you're actually analyzing, you know, the the, the end result, the, the actual compiled code. Yeah. Yeah. So um so that that's that was a, a bit more of a challenge than than the Android stuff was, but um you know we're there. We're we're still making some improvements there, but we rolled that out a couple of months ago. And uh so we're really starting to pay attention to that and get getting a lot of a lot of uh interest from that cuz I don't I don't think anybody out there is is doing iPhone stuff and uh you know the CISOs are like, "Crap, what do I do?" because everyone's just bringing this stuff in and they're you know, they're you know, commingling data and and meanwhile all the people on the board and the CEO want to use their iPads to share like really <clears throat> sensitive documents about the company and well, and, 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 and the, the CEOs are kind of throwing up their hands are like what what do, right. I, do I need I need to get some sort of information about what's going on and, and so we're Facebook. starting to try and, yeah. and and do that I need my iPad so I can you know connect to the VPN remotely of my company so I can access the the sensitive data so I can Twitter on your Facebook so I can tweet while I'm looking and at Facebook the jet designs. <laughs> And use Dropbox to store my sensitive documents. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So I think you know that's that's just going to continue to grow, and, and we're going to get obviously get get better and better at, at, at scanning those applications um, as we get as we get more more customers there. But then, um, yeah, we we um, it's, it seems like we've been doing that forever. Um, 
the mobile yeah. stuff, but really we've been we've been building up a lot of that over the past year or so. Yeah, you back- guys just came out with it, but I remember when Dylan and I were talking about like how it was pretty much baked inside, and you were just trying to vet it inside, which I appreciate, right? Because most yeah, people, got- <laughs> most yeah. people like get shit done and it's like half-ass done and they put it out to market just so they can be first to market mm-hmm. instead of actually vetting how stuff works, which I wildly appreciate about how you guys do business. Yeah, we go through a long process of, we actually get some of our customers, our existing customers involved with um, with kind of an alpha stage. Yeah. So where they kind of agree to um, give us some apps they're building and we, you know, some of them actually do give us source because, you know, and then we, we build it and we can, we, we can, it, what really helps is it, it lets you see what different people are doing, right? Because I have somebody on my team that will do all the kind of the, the security um, attack vector research for iOS and they'll go through all the APIs and they'll write a bunch of applications that all do bad things in different ways. And that's great. That gives us a good baseline for, for detecting stuff. But then what it doesn't give you is like what do like these enterprise developers or contractors that you know they're they're having write these iPhone apps, what do they actually do? What does their code look like? And you get so many different <laughs> variations on on how people write apps, how people develop code and that that helps us you know account for those things so we, we go through a pretty long process of, of you know kind of an alpha phase and a beta stage before we roll something out and uh, and then of course we continue to get better after that because you know we're a service so we don't we're not just pushing a tool out and saying you know here you go um, you know let us know when you want to renew it's like we you know we you know constantly you know, look at how well we're doing and we make improvements based on based on what's going through the system so um, yeah it's we, 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 we like the approach and so we think it's the right place to be and cool. it's working so far you know it's, that's what's helped us get so good at the, the platforms that we've you know supported since the beginning so right. it's uh, just good fun so and I don't know if this is disclosable so you can just say shut up uh, <laughs> but like what is what does it cost to do those things Oh gosh, I don't even know. I, honestly, I don't know the real answer to that. I know that um, I think like list pricing for like a single application subscription for a year, so like lets you scan it like as many times as you want. Uh-huh. I think I think that starts like around five grand. Um, it's not bad. For for per application. Um, yeah. But the thing is, like most companies don't buy one app. Like they'll buy like a hundred or like right. five hundred. And obviously, it starts to, you know it starts to go down from there. But um, don't quote me on that because like I don't I never sell anything to anybody. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I, I'm ballpark. Not a good we'll just say ballpark. Anyway, I just I just ask because I wonder because as I have clients that are trying to put out an app or those things, you know. I, yeah, I always look for solutions for them because I sure as fuck don't want to do it every time. The cool thing is that, like, you know, as much effort as it is to go through like a procurement process for a tool and operationalize it and roll it out to your developers and train them on it and whatever, you know, we have situations where somebody, you know, will hear about us or see something we did or, or whatever, and then they'll go to the website, they'll read about it, they'll go sign up for a subscription, um, get provisioned, you know, like, you know, within the hour or something. Upload their app. Um, you know, later that day they have results. I mean, it's 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 streamlined. Um, yeah, we've got big hulking, you know, engine boxes sitting in our data center that that just plow through this code like you wouldn't believe. And and since then, then on top of that, some some people take those results and they they go fix everything and they're uploading it again that night. I mean, it just it, it streamlines this process. It makes it so much more accessible. That's than, cool. Yeah, you know, than, than some of the other solutions. So we think we're onto something. Right on, man. Well, that's good. I'm, 
I'm glad that you know. It, to me, things in the security market, you know, there <clears throat> there's a lot of people with really awesome technology, but it's not something that's in in the range of grasp of a lot of companies because they go, oh, well, our stuff is secret and awesome and it costs $100 million, right? Yeah, like, and it's um, magic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, making it accessible to people, to me, changes things in the industry and, and the people who are worried about their their super elite awesomeness end up pricing <laughs> themselves. They don't price themselves out of the market. They price security out of the market's reach. And then the market has to go with some other solution where they go, oh, well, this is why we're, you know, 80%, but it's the 80% that doesn't matter. But we're 80% of what these other people are at, you know, a tenth of the cost. Right, right. Um, you know, so I, I think that just accessibility is, is cool. Well, good. That is good shit. Um so hope, hopefully your kids haven't torn apart the house yet. Yeah, we've kept you for a while, dude. I'm sorry. I've had the door open here in the office, and I haven't heard any screaming or anything. So. Isn't that a bad thing? No, wait. No, no, no. No, there's, there's that. And then there's the, being shady. Then there's the too quiet. Like, there's no sound. That's when you got to freak yeah. out. Right. I, I heard a little stomping a little bit ago, so I know that, you know, I know they're alive. And, it's uh, getting there. No, no screaming. I'm going to get I better see what's been destroyed. <laughs> Thanks for your... Thanks well, for spending some time with us, man. Yeah, I man, I, I appreciate you dealing with all of our technical stupidness and, and us being idiots and, and everything else. So, <laughs> No, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll all let right. you uh, get back to the fun part of the weekend and have a good long weekend. I mean, I don't know. You're you're, you're like us where you, when you own part of a company and, you, and you're part of a company's core, like there's no such thing as holidays and stuff. But enjoy your semblance of a holiday. Oh, we'll be, we'll be taking a holiday. I'll be <laughs> taking a holiday. I'll be taking a holiday. And then the phone rings. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll, yeah, let's, I'll, let's, I'll call yeah, Monday and I'll see if you're working or not. You won't say it. Right. All right. <laughs> cool, man. Thanks a lot. All right, boss. Thank Bye. you. Take Bye. care. See you guys. Bye. That's cool. You know, um, you guys were talking about mobile apps and all that stuff, and, yeah. and I know they're doing it mainly for customers that are developing mobile apps to make sure that they're safe. You know, as those companies are writing their apps yeah. to put out to the market, but um. Yeah, this conversation I got into uh, a little while ago about like a whole everybody freaking out about, oh my God, there's all these apps that can backdoor your phone. Why isn't there a level of responsibility on either Apple or Google or whoever? Because I know Verizon has like their own app market and T Mobile does. I mean, all of them do. But, you know, at what level do you require the developer to turn something in? Do you test them yourself because all apple does is go hey is there porn in this nope okay it's it's with our terms of service so we can it's approved we There's, have an app <laughs> right case, <laughs> case in point right. um like come on <laughs> but i mean seriously like at what point do we start saying okay from now on you know if you want to be a developer of iphone apps or ipad apps you when you register to be a developer you have to pay five dollars a year right i mean there's enough of them now that Five dollars a year add up to a lot, and then Apple uses that money to, to actually have testing done, like right. real testing. Right. Android could do the same thing. I mean, not I that agree. Apple or Google really need money to be able to provide these services because they both have more money than fucking God. Yeah, they could. Uh, they could at least take a little loss leader for their but, their environments that they're making billions of dollars. Well, on. it would be a way to show, like you know, or one of them could start doing it and be like, "Hey, we're better than that because we do this." Right. Um, but you know, even if they don't, fuck it, five dollars to a developer who's charging, 
you know, 99 cents every download, but he's getting like 500,000 downloads. What's five bucks a year to be a developer? You know what? I think, I think they should, they should crowdsource the whole thing. On top of that, it would get rid of so many of those bullshit. It it would get rid of so many of those bullshit fucking, Hey, look, I made a flashlight app again. Fuck you. Or a fart noise app again. I write like just so that we can say we have a billion apps in the market. Because even the fucking, even the free apps, right? How many of them are ad supported? Garbage. Like, well, no, not all of them are garbage, but uh, how many of them are free that are decent, but they're still, the guy's not losing money. He's dude, making money off of like ads. The, the app store is like the fucking internet. 99% of it is worthless no, shit. No, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I've got a handful of apps on my phone and, you know, granted, I've gone through and looked for apps before. Like, hey, I wonder if there's a, yeah, you know, something we, that does we this use, function that I was going to look up on the internet. We use certain tools for like, you know, timesheets and stuff right. like that. And yes, there's an iPhone app for it, yeah, but there's not an Android app. The, right. You know, so I've gone looking, you know, and I'll find apps for that particular tool yeah. but they're never written by the actual company that you know made the like so 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 how about this quickbooks for example you know you see the yeah, yeah. you see the intuit made version and then you see the the like shady chinese one yeah right the really long chinese character name <laughs> right and but that one's free it's from shenzhen city that one's it's free awesome. so i'll download that one because that sounds like a great fucking idea <laughs> that's hilarious well all right so here's uh. here here's my Here's my attempted solution for it. Okay. Um, Apple and Google mm-hmm. for their stores because you have to sign the little yeah you have to sign an agreement thing, yeah right. Inside of that, they put a stipulation for code security. Okay. Inside a stipulation for code security, it says we will handle and manage, and then they can they can pay for the team to handle and manage any. Code security or code insecurity values that come up, we will provide through like the Google Bug Bounty program or Apple, mm-hmm. whatever their magic bullshit fucking I don't know if they have one, Jobs, actually. fucking human sent iPad, whatever the fuck, right? Okay. They're going to hold the teams mm-hmm. and then the entire world, if they find any security code vulnerabilities for a set price mm-hmm. on all applications, they take that in verify it and once it gets verified they push it out to the vendor yeah. the vendor has 30 days or their app gets pulled from the store to pay the researcher 100 bucks for the vulnerability so make it a, a, a so it's a bounty program <clears throat> that also can get their app removed from the store so if they don't fix it fuck it you don't get to have an app period yeah, I, I and then they don't have to manage any of it. All they I have get, to do no, is I get, go, yeah, is, no, I'm us. like you're basically making it part of the contract you sign to be a developer. But and I get that. that but I, don't, to, I don't know. I mean, shit but why wouldn't you want to do the other? I mean, because you don't give a fuck. Because you just want an app. You don't give a fuck if it roots somebody's phone or. But if it makes else. your phone, especially with with the way they're pissing on each other right now, but right. trying to you know my phone's better than yours. Like, wouldn't you want that advantage from a Dude, business standpoint, especially I, if it doesn't cost all that fucking much? I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, not, a, I'm not sitting there way, doing that's like. That's a way to get the advantage I'm and not even, even talk, spend the fucking money. I'm not even talking about source code analysis. I'm talking about like, fucking run a network sniffer in Word. a simulator on your laptop and see what, see what the fuck it does. I agree. Or, you know, VPN your phone to something and just watch the right. fucking traffic. Right. That's what we do. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, you, you just tunnel all this fucking traffic over. I don't have to emulate dick. There's emulators that run on fucking everything at this yeah, point. Yeah, but now I don't have to that. fuck with the emulator being broken. Yeah. I want to see it real. Emulators are emulators. I mean, they're not saying it's a perfect solution, but it's way better than just like, hey, look, there's no porn. Approve. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I guess I guess we just need to, like, 
fucking flood the market with broken shit that we can exploit and then be like, hey, you know, there's 700,000 apps that we can fuck over. Sorry. You know, it was funny when um, you guys were talking about the whole, you know, what do you think about the industry? Honestly, after the last couple of weeks, and you and I were talking about this a minute ago downstairs when we were having coffee, like the last couple of weeks have been nothing but like industry quote unquote leaders, like in dick wars, like my dick's bigger than yours. I found Shady Rat. That's and then, perfect. That's perfect for Aang with, with the thought leader video. Well, I mean, I'm not necessarily... <laughs> that was talking. awesome. No, 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 no. When he made that, like, joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I'm a thought leader. Right. Uh, how do you be a thought leader? That I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's like, you know, here here comes, let's say, McAfee. Right. You know, we found Shady Rat. And then here comes Symantec. They're F- like, you are a you. Shady Rat. You didn't find shit. You're making things up. Right. You can't tell the difference between a botnet and APT, which... I'm like, all right, now you guys are fighting over what a marketing term Uh-oh. fucking means. Uh-oh, you're marketing. Marketing fight. It's and like then, fucking cripple fight. And then here comes like F-Secure F- and Kapersky. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. You suck. And then after, of course, after Kapersky comes in, everybody gets Everybody's real quiet. Like, Be quiet. Russian fuck mobs the mobs here. here. <laughs> Damn it. Those Russians are here again. Um, but no, I mean, it's like it's it's there is no like, I guess somebody, maybe maybe it's kind of like the, the Hollywood industry. Where like everyone's run out of original ideas. Yeah, so they just so instead of trying to come up with with original ideas and 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 to cover up the fact that they're just rehashing shit like proxy firewalls and shit, but now it's next gen. They'll just talk shit at each other and make blog posts about how much this one company sucks while the other one kicks ass um, to cover up the fact that they're not doing anything to help at all. I mean, like seriously, Oracle to bit to have, to, Oracle to me doesn't have the right to bitch about anything, ever. That company has the worst patch system ever. I mean, how long did it take them to fix? There's still fucking Litchfield exploits out there that there, haven't been patched. Hundreds. You know, when when you come out with a once a quarter, is it even once a quarter? When you come out with once a quarter patch ball, and you're fixing like sixty something, quote unquote high risk vulnerabilities. Why weren't you putting those out? Because now you've got at least a quarter. Yeah, didn't you have a team that was finding those? Right. Bitch. Yeah. You got an internal team that obviously <laughs> missed 60-something, which, whatever, it happens. Yeah. It, it I, w- happen. I would love to know in the time that the researchers found all those all these vulnerabilities versus what their internal team, how many people they had working on the internal team to find vulnerabilities and how many they found inside versus someone else found, and, like, the vector between those. Because then I could tell her how good her investment is on her internal team. Well, you know, I'm actually curious, based on how long it takes them to fix the problems external companies find, how long does it take them to fix the problem internal company, their internal team finds? Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, it, mean, is it like a year versus right. two years? Because, I mean, fucking Gates has shit that yeah. hasn't been fixed. Uh, and it's not that people aren't telling them. I've seen the fucking advisories. They come out. They talk about it all the time. Hey, you know, this isn't secret. I don't know. I think all of it, it's all marketing at the end of the day. All of it is. Fucking everything's marketing in some way, shape, or form. We get marketed to so that we buy more shit, and then we buy more shit. Oh, so that we It's buy- capitalism. Got it. It is capitalism. You're right. <laughs> Thank you, capitalists. Um, I'm kind of over it. Yep. But you know what? Before we go, there is one, one thing I want to talk about. There's a... Uh, there's five days left, and I've been meaning to talk about this in the last couple of podcasts because these guys asked me to like help them out a while ago. I think they asked you too. 
Um, there's a short film project called Reboot on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. And it actually looks like a really cool, like a a cool little story. I like the idea. Um, I'm kind of curious what would happen to it. They're not even asking for all that much money. It's like 12 grand, right? And they're already at 11,191 of the 12 grand. And they got five days to go. Today's Saturday. So that means it's going to end on Wednesday, right? Hmm. That's five days. Yeah, so we gotta um, put this episode out really quickly. So we need to get this out so everybody can hear about this. And seriously, just go to Kickstarter and search for Reboot. It's a short film project in Los Angeles by Joe Kawasaki. That's and, cool. You know, he's got eighty-four backers. Eighty-four backers came up with eleven grand. That's actually pretty cool. Um, I mean, he's got everything from like a one dollar, ten dollar, twenty-five dollar, fifty dollar, hundred dollar, two fifty to like the five grand or no, what is it? Yeah, five grand. Where you get invited to oh, all the film, grand, huh? wow! You get invited to all the film events. You have to pay for travel and hotel, but you get an invitation to all the film festivals. Um, so yeah, I, I like. I thought the story sounded pretty cool. Um, yeah. So the story, just so that you can hear it, it's uh, the the beginning says: Imagine waking up from unconsciousness, finding your apartment, at least you think it's your apartment, trashed. And a smartphone gorilla glued to your hand. On the phone is a loop stream of some kind of code and a ticking countdown that is displaying less than five hours before it hits zero. What happens at zero? Um, yeah. And then there's a little. And it's all about basically piecing together the events that led to when you woke up. Um, Man, I've had mornings like that. <laughs> that's a Vegas, yeah. Vegas morning. Oh, it's a Germany morning. Like you wake up, your table's outside the window. and There's blood all <laughs> over the place. There's a broken table. <laughs> you come to and you're running through a stairwell in a hotel in Germany. All right. Trying to make the train station. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>